0: And a damn thing pretty Unless you're talking about the bridge and seaport Even from the seats in the upper decks You can see the seashore Tailgate function with the cornea side. And just walk from the tribal building For the Padres I'm on mine Yeah, cause for the 619 we'll knock you down Anything for the brown, put it on the town Started back rocking the brown Ever since we've been knocking them down Baby said you wanna go to the game Taught her how to say Padre game What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 280 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden here. It is a Tuesday, I believe. My days are kind of getting mixed up here. But the Padres, they do, or they're going to have a new hitting coach. That's what we found out today. Obviously, there's more room in the day, so there might be more news that comes down. But Michael Bedard, no longer the Padres hitting coach. He is now with the Detroit Tigers. Anthony Rizzo, he is off of the board. Tyler Anderson, he is off of the board. Uh, Qualifying offers, that deadline has come and gone. So there are a couple players that took the qualifying offer and the rest did not. So we'll get to that. There's a baseball reporter out there that is saying that the Mariners are discussing trade possibilities involving Jesse Winker, who is a former All-Star. So there's some interesting things that are going around in the baseball world, and let's discuss that uh, right now here on the latest episode of Talking Friars. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in here and being here either live on YouTube or watching on replay. Uh, I encourage you to subscribe to this YouTube channel for daily Padres entertainment. Uh, And if you're listening on the podcast platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I appreciate that as well. Give a follow uh, at Talking Friars on Twitter and Instagram for more Padres coverage. Uh, I appreciate that. All right, let's get into, I think we can start with Michael Berdard. Um I was not expecting this news, but I wasn't like torn about this news. Michael Berdard going to the Detroit Tigers, and he was the hitting coach for the Padres in 2022. And it seemed like a lot of Padres fans, they wanted Michael Bedard to be fired at times this season when the offense wasn't hitting. But what is new, right? That, that's what happens with every team. Whenever the offense isn't hitting, it feels like it's a, a part of the fan base. It's not about the players. It's fine what they're doing, striking out. It's fine. No, it's the hitting coach. You got to fire him. Um, so we don't really know. How big of a role Michael Badar played in the Padres' um, success, or some sometimes lack of success at the plate? You know, with some guys coming over uh, in trades. Um, but look, it, it ultimately comes down to the players on the field, and the players on the field this year, when it mattered most, for the most part, they stepped up in the postseason. And so maybe you give some credit to Michael Badar there if you're someone that wanted to fire him you got to give him some credit for the offense you know coming through uh in october right so i don't i'm sure the players will, will say uh he will be missed but we don't really know what the impact of him is because he doesn't talk to the media every day uh i'm sure some fans listening or watching this they don't even know what michael berdart looks like uh, i do i've had a couple quick interactions with him at the ballpark, but I'm like the diehard, the biggest diehard fan out there. So I don't expect everyone to know who, what he looks like and what he does. I mean, I don't, we don't really know like how big of a role he played with the Padres this year. Like Ryan Flaherty, he was an assistant hitting coach. He was working on game planning and stuff. Uh, He used to be Manny's teammate with the Orioles. He is expected to be the hitting coach now. Uh, there was also another assistant. I'm kind of blanking on what his name is. Morgan is it Mark Morgan Burkhart, something like that. He'll probably be um, the, uh, an assistant to Ryan Flaherty and kind of take over what Ryan Flaherty's role was this year. But again, it was it's kind of hard to elaborate a lot on this Michael Bedard move because we just don't know a whole lot about Michael Bedard or what he did or if he fixed or help Josh Bell out of a slump, or we just don't know. The Padres did not make coaches available very much to the media. You didn't see a bunch of interviews with Ruben Diabla, or I don't even know if Michael Bedard spoke to the media once. Uh, Maybe that's a Bob Melvin thing, or maybe that's a Padres PR thing, or maybe, uh, well, I know Padres PR doesn't even let me talk to Don and Mutt, and Donna Mudd have said yes, that they would come on to the show, by the way, uh, but they don't let me talk to them. So I don't know. Maybe it's a Padres just organizational thing that this year they decided not to have coaches talk to the media. Um, and I'm talking, not me. I'm talking like coaches talk to AC and Lynn and stuff. Like I, I didn't see quotes from Berdar this year. So it's hard to really see what he did or know what he did. Cause we don't really know. I mean. I'm sure he worked with guys on swings and if they wanted advice or stat cast numbers or something, he gave it to them uh, and helped with game planning and um, him and Flaherty and Burkhardt, I think was his name. I'm sure they talked with each other every day and came up with plans against whoever was pitching for the other team. But that's pretty much all I can say about it. Like Berdara, I don't know if he's going to be missed. I don't know how much of an impact he had on the Padres this season. So Flaherty's gonna be here again. Maybe they hire another coach. Who knows? But technically, if you're just going by the head roll, the Padres are gonna have a new hitting coach for like the seventh straight year, it feels like. Uh I saw someone tweeted that out today. I don't know if it's the seventh straight year, but it's like AJ Prellers had like seven hitting coaches or something like that in his tenure with the Padres. So that means that means Will Myers has had what, six? If seven is Flaherty now. Technically seven, probably more than that, because Will did work with Flaherty. He worked with this Burkhart guy. He worked with Badar, He worked with who were the other hitting coaches. Uh, Was Kotze? I think Kotze was a bench coach. uh, But like, or McGuire was a bench coach too, I think, right? But there's been a lot of hitting coaches um, that have come through this organization. And whenever the offense doesn't perform, it feels like they go in another direction or Maybe it's not the hitting coach, but it's, well, we're hiring new managers, and he wants to bring in his guys, so that's who we're going with. We're going to fire you. Um, You would think that the Padres would want to have a consistent hitting coach at some point this year, or not this year. Well, yeah, this year, but uh, this coming season. I mean, like they probably want to have a consistent hitting coach for a few years now. The next few years, kind of like the Phillies do with Kevin Long, they're having success. Uh, I think the Astros have had the same hitting coach for a little bit. I, I think it would help for players to have the same coaching staff for years and years and years so that they could just go into spring training and get to work instead of having to get to know each other, you know, but that's what happened today. Budar going to the Tigers. He was not fired. It seems like this was just a choice by Michael. He just wanted to go To Michigan, He has Michigan roots. He was an assistant coach with Michigan before he went to the Giants and then before he went to the Padres from the Giants. Um, So it's probably just a family thing. And the Tigers offered him the job. And so he was like, yeah, I'll take it. I don't think the Tigers are going to be winning next year. I think they're building something. There's definitely some uh, talent, young talent on that team. Uh, Spencer Torkelson is a name that comes to mind. Uh, but the Padres are I mean they just went to the NLCS. you know like they're real contenders. If you're trying to win, I think you'd want to be with the Padres and they're not firing you, but so this for me this is like okay, this was family understandable decision. He just wants to be with the Tigers. So good luck to Michael. you know nothing against him. just that's what the news came down. that's what what the news was today uh, related to the Padres specifically Padres. Um, Now, there's more news that surrounds the Padres and kind of affects the Padres' decisions here. And the first one is Anthony Rizzo. He is signing with the New York Yankees. It's going to be two years with a club option. So two years, $17 million a year. There's a $6 million buyout for 2025 that season. If the the Yankees don't take that club option for the third year. So essentially it's a two year, $40 million deal at the very least for Rizzo. And I'm, I'm not surprised. I think the Yankees were willing to give Rizzo essentially $20 million a year there. And the Padres, they probably didn't want to give him 20 million a year. Maybe they wanted to give him 17 and they were willing to do that. But, They didn't want to mess around with a third year or do a club option or give them a $6 million buyout. There's no rumors out there or reports that say it was down to the Yankees and the Padres, but Rizzo felt like a fit for the Padres. I assume Preller and the Padres, they talked to Rizzo and his agents and his representation. Um, I thought all along that the Yankees were going to bring back Rizzo though. He, he wanted to go back to the Yankees, uh, The Yankees are a contender, and where were the Yankees going to go at first base if they didn't bring back Rizzo? Sure, there were other options, but it felt like they needed to bring him back. He was one of the clubhouse leaders, kind of like how they feel that they're going to have to bring back Judge. They probably feel like they need to bring back Judge, Um, or Yankees fans are not going to be happy. Their team is not going to be as good as it was, at least on paper, in 2022, so I'd expect them to bring back Judge 2. This is kind of just the first thing for the Yankees. They can check that off, kind of like how the Padres could check off Suarez last week. Um, So for the Yankees, that's obviously a positive move. For the Padres' things, uh, on their side of things, I don't think this is like a huge punch in the gut or anything like that. Like I would have loved to have Rizzo, but remember the Padres, because they went over the luxury tax last year, they would have had to give up their second and fifth best draft picks and a million dollars in international bonus pool money, along with giving Rizzo twenty million dollars a year for a couple of years. Here, that's what the Yankees essentially are doing. So um, with the Padres, it's just not the end of the world. Uh, there's other options out there. Jose Abreu is out there. He probably won't cost twenty million a year. I wouldn't think Rizzo's the better player. He might be younger than a Abreu, too. I think he is. Um, so if they want Abreu, he's out there. Brandon Belt's out there. Josh Bell. Brandon Drury's out there. Will Myers is out there. If they want to go upgrade the outfield and they just want to bring back Will, um, I don't think they're really thinking. I don't think they want to do that. I don't think that's their number one thing to bring Will in as your first baseman. But there's other options out there. That's my point. Seth Brown's a first baseman for the Padres, or the A's, not for the Padres. Uh, And he hit like 25 bombs last year. So he's another option. He's not making a ton of money, but that would be via trade. Um, There's other first base options, obviously, out there. But this was the big one, right? Rizzo was the number one option, and he's off the board now. Again, I don't think it's the end of the world, but it was fun to think about Rizzo being a Padre. I I'm still my Abreu to the Padres thing like that's one of the dream scenarios of this offseason or that that's that's included in the dream scenario is if Rizzo is the first baseman I like Mitch Haniger a lot uh, and they brought back Suarez bring in Martinez Senga yeah but that I feel like that's a stretch if you bring back Martinez Suarez and then Senga and Abreu, like that feels like a stretch uh but Abreu is one of those dream guys in this offseason for me. And he is still on uh, on the market, obviously. Um, So that's something to look at. Not a whole lot to expand on on the Rizzo topic. It's more just, uh, okay, who do the Padres target now? Um, And Abreu, I think they're going to look at. Drury, they're going to remain in constant contact with. Josh Bell. I saw Bleacher Report had an article today that was like, One player for every team they should stay away from, or something like to that effect. And Josh Bell was that player for the Padres. I agree in terms of like, don't overpay for the guy, but to stay away, like totally stay away. If the market comes to them, and what I mean by that is the market isn't as great as Josh Bell's agents thought it was going to be, then they should have interest. Switch hitter, he's pretty decent at first base. He can DH, like, Why wouldn't they be interested in trying to bring him back? I just wouldn't overpay for the guy. Um, And Drury's going to cost less than Bell would. So if it's between Bell and Drury, not saying it is, but if we're deciding between those two guys, I'd probably go with Drury. And you can go spend money on Martinez and maybe some more rotation help. Um, And you can spend some money on a Soto extension. I don't think that happens this offseason, but also a Darvish extension. They're going to talk about that as well spend money in the outfield. Um, So there's different ways the Padres can go about this. Uh, Jock Peterson, by the way, he is one option that is also off the board because he accepted the Giants' qualifying offer, so he's going to make over $19.5 million this year on a one-year deal with the Giants. I'm not surprised that Jock took that. He would not have gotten $19 million a year on the free agent market, that's for sure, especially after the slow uh, end to his 2022 season. Sure. He was an all-star, but he didn't do that the whole way through. Uh, and what would he have gotten eight years or not eight years, eight million a year for a couple years, maybe he makes that all up in one year. Um, so I, obviously that's uh, felt like that was an easy decision for jock. I know he made it on deadline day when you had to make it, but um He took all the time that he had and accepted it. Martin Perez with the Rangers, he took the qualifying offer there. That's not a surprise either. Um, I think JP Morosi said this morning on MLB Network that Perez made like $4 million last year. At least that was his base salary. So he's almost multiplying that by five this year in one year. So talk about a big pay raise. Yeah, you take that. And Bruce Bochy's the manager at the Rangers. so. They're obviously trying to contend and get better there. They spent money last offseason. I don't think Perez was going to be a huge target for the Padres. He seemed like another guy that was going to get multiple years. And as a back-end starter, probably $15 a year at least, if Perez would have went on the open market. I don't think that's what the Padres... I don't think that would have been best for the Padres, just in my opinion. Uh, Tyler Anderson signed with the Angels today three years 39 million dollars I wouldn't have done that either if I was the Padres so those pitching moves today all right I'm fine with it whatever um uh, Tyler Anderson I would have been interested in him maybe a couple years but 13 million a year for three years seems like the Padres are trying to save that money at least in these Nick Martinez negotiations try to give him Probably three years. I don't know the AAV that's going to be. I've been throwing out three years, $30 million, Just as a guess, $10 million a year. I think that is, that's a solid deal for both sides, the Padres and Nick Martinez. And if they did that to Tyler Anderson, uh, after one good year with the Dodgers, um, they wouldn't have brought back Martinez. I think Martinez is more valuable to the Padres than Tyler Anderson would have been. Maybe that's just me. But I think there's some other Padres fans that probably hold that same opinion. I will get to the chat, by the way. Don't worry about that. Uh, I will get to that uh, near the end in a QA and a kind of type setting there. Um, I just wanted to get through the Padres stuff today or the notes I wanted to talk about here. Um, so already touched on Rizzo going back to the Yankees. The other guys that rejected qualifying offers today, Aaron Judge, that was expected. He's going to get over 300 million, I would think, in free agency. Um, Trey Turner, that was expected. He's probably going to get the most money, or he's the best shortstop. I don't know about most money, but he's the best shortstop on the market. So he rejected. Xander Bogarts rejected. No surprise there. Uh, Jacob DeGrom, no surprise there. He'll get what I'm hearing is like three years. What I'm seeing in rumors and stuff, three years, ridiculously high AAV. So we'll see what happens with him, but. He was obviously going to get more than about 20 million a year, or 20 million for 2023. Dansby rejected it. Uh, he'll get a long-term deal. Carlos Rodon is probably going to get 20 million at least from a team per year, long-term. So it made sense for him to reject it. Brandon Nimmo rejected it. Wilson Contreras rejected his. Maybe that's a little bit of a surprise for some fans. I'm not too surprised by that because I think he's going for the long, the more money the more guaranteed money. I don't know if he'll get $19.6 million a year, but he, he'll get more than that in total, obviously, in a long-term deal. He might get four or five years from a team um, and get, I don't know, maybe $18 million a year or something like that. So maybe not get to that 19.65 or whatever the qualifying offer number is, but he's going for the long-term deal. Chris Bassett rejected uh, that qualifying offer as well. He'll probably get three, four years. Nathan Avaldi, kind of surprised that he rejected that qualifying offer. If I'm being honest, he'll probably get a multi-year deal. So maybe he'll get more money than that 19.65 that he would get just in 2023 alone. But there's no way he's going to get close to that. At least I don't think on a like per year basis in free agency. So seems like Contreras, Avaldi's also going with the long term deal in mind uh and just taking that money instead of the 2023 money uh by the way all those players i just named the potters would have to give up multiple draft picks and a million dollars in international bonus pool money just like rizzo uh if they wanted to sign them rizzo's obviously off the table but who's some other guys i mean trey turner no bogarts no degrom no Dansby, no rodon i don't think so Nimo, no Contreras, I mean, people want to throw that out there, but the Padres are not going to give that much money to a catcher, I wouldn't think. Uh, Bassett, I don't know. Depends on the market. I, I, I would think not. I think the Padres are trying to go get like Kodai Senga and keep Martinez. Uh, so, and the Mets probably want Bassett back, or another team will overpay for Bassett. I don't think the Padres are going to do that when they have a solid top three already. They're more looking to round out the bottom of the rotation. Uh, and then of the no. Um, so that's the qualifying offer stuff. We already touched on Bradar, touched on Rizzo. Um, okay, J.P. Morosi. So we'll get to what J.P. Morosi said uh, about the Seattle Mariners and their discussions and trade possibilities. Uh, we will get to that in a moment. But first, here's a message uh, about Gaglion Bros. This episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Peco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. All right, so J.P. Morosi, he said that the Mariner, this was today, said that the Mariners have discussed trade possibilities with multiple teams. They're willing to move Jesse Winker and either Chris Flexen or Marco Gonzalez. So that's an interesting tidbit for me, I think. Um, Jesse Winker, obviously, he kind of had a down year in 2022. His war was down compared to 2021. He is going to be ba- getting paid $8.25 million in 2023, according to SpotTrack he has not had consecutive great seasons yet in 2020 he had a 1.3 war this is to baseball according to baseball reference 2021 he had a 2.7 war that was his all-star season and then in 2022 this year his war was negative 0.3 he dealt with I think a neck issue towards the end of the season um I don't want to say he didn't fit with Seattle. He just didn't have a good year or as good of a year as probably the Mariners would have hoped. So they're willing to deal him. He has one more year of control. And then I believe he's a free agent. He's either a free agent or there's a club option. But 8.25 for 2023. Are the Padres interested in that? Um, I think that would be appealing. Have a left, another lefty bat in the order. He is a lefty, right? I think he is let's just say he is, have a lefty bat uh, in the order, um was an all-star. So do they believe that he'll get back to that all-star form in 2023? That's the question, right? I think he fit well in left field. And I guess the question also is what do the Padres want to do? Like, Do they want Tatis in center? Or are they waiting to make a decision on that? Or not just center, but Tatis in the outfield. Do they want Fernando in the outfield or are they just waiting to make that outfield decision based on what moves they make this off season? Like would they rather have Winker in the outfield with Grisham and Soto or not spend the 8.25 on Winker, spend that somewhere else on the roster and you have an outfield of Tatis and Grisham and Soto. And maybe you bring in someone via trade to be a fourth outfielder or you bring back Will or just a cheap option, maybe, and you decide not to bring back Profar. Um, I think Profar is going to get more than what Winker will be getting paid in 2023. So maybe that's a better option. The Padres go with Winker, just cost-wise. But Profar can, you know, obviously switch hit, top of the order sometimes. He improved defensively in left field, so... And you're not going to have to trade stuff to get Profar, right? You, You would just sign him back. So I don't know how appealing this is for the Padres getting Jesse Winker, but the Mariners have discussed that trade possibility with multiple teams. We don't know who those multiple teams are, but when they say multiple teams out there, A.J. Preller, he, you know, kicks the tires on everyone. So I'm assuming the Padres are one of those teams. Uh, as for Chris Flexen, he start he started some games last year. He came out of the bullpen some games. He made two point seven five million in two thousand twenty two. So you're looking at that, and you're like, oh, that that might seem like an appealing option. Gets paid about that same amount in two thousand twenty three, but he doesn't. That's the thing. His salary rises according to Spotrac to eight million dollars. Do the Padres want to give eight million dollars to him? Or do they want to use that money probably on a guy like Nick Martinez for multiple years? I think they probably want Nick Martinez. Just the familiarity. We know Martinez wants to be a Padre, stuff like that. Um, Flexen does have four years of control, though. And we know that Preller likes acquiring guys with control. He doesn't really like acquiring guys with only one year left. I know he did that with Bell and Drury, but they were going all in, at least at the start of seasons. He likes to acquire guys um, going into the year that have multiple years. The trade deadline is different because now you have a better idea of where your team is at. You know, okay, are they a real contender? Are we really going to go for this? Or are we going to sit back here and just see where things fall? The Padres, where they were last year, they saw the opportunity. We can get Soto. If we're going to get Soto, we're not wasting this year. We're going and getting guys. I don't care what their contract situation is. In this offseason here, he probably wants multiple years. Flexen fits that. Just don't know what the interested, what the interest is in him with other teams. Are, more, are teams willing to give up more than the Padres? We don't even know if the Padres are discussing Flexen, but it's Preller, so I'm just assuming that he's at least kicked the tires on that. Uh, Marco Gonzalez, I, I, I think his best years are probably behind him. He's getting $6.5 million in 2023, $12 million in 24. That's not something the Padres would probably be interested in, I wouldn't think. Um, I'd rather pay Nick Martinez more money than Marco Gonzalez. Uh, that $12 million is... To me, it seems like Marco Gonzalez is like Shamanaya. He'll make quality starts, but he's not going to blow you away with anything, especially like velocity-wise. Um, I'm not paying Mania 12 million. Uh so I'm I'm not gonna be paying Marco Gonzalez 12 million for 2024. And six and a half million, I mean maybe for twenty twenty-three. Uh, but you have them under contract through twenty twenty-four. So I don't think Flexon comes here, I don't think Gonzalez comes here. Winker is probably the likeliest, but I don't think that's too likely. Uh I think he'll probably he'll probably get traded, but Probably to another team. Um, so yeah, I mean that's the latest Padres notes from today. Uh, I'm doing this on my phone, so I apologize if the audio has not been great. Hopefully, I get yeah. I see in the comments here my mic's messed up. I apologize. I don't I don't have any mic plugged in or any headphones. Just talking to the phone here. I'm um, supposed to be picking up my computer probably tomorrow, so hopefully I'll be back. With the mic and stuff, so it'll sound better. Thanks for bearing with me. Um, Wolfpack says, so sign. Here's the. I'm just getting to the chat here to end. Says, so sign Bell to two years, 15 mil. I think, uh, I mean, what I'm seeing, teams are going to want more than just two years for Bell, or he's going to command more than just two years, and he's going to command probably more than seven and a half million. To me, it feels like the seven and a half million is going to be more like Drury, where that's how much Brandon's going to get, um, based on the year that he had in 2022. Josh Bell, he's more of a he's more of a consistent power bat. It feels like. I mean, remember he was hitting over 300 with the Nationals before he was traded to the Padres. So I think. Two two for fifteen for Bell. I don't think that's going to get it done. Yeah, someone here says rather have Drury over Bell. I'm leaning that way. I think it would be cheaper. I know Seidler loves spending money. He's gonna. He's not afraid to spend money. But it's not like Bell's that much better than Drury. I don't think to like be overpaying for Josh Bell and giving him like three or four years. Um. Drury, I'd give two years to. He can play third. He can play first. He can DH. We saw that positional versatility. And he played a pretty good first base when he was on the field playing first. Um, I'd go with Drury, but a Braves, like my number one wish. I like Seth Brown from the A's, but that would be a trade. And he hit over 20 home runs last year. Like, the A's are probably going to ask for a good amount um, if the Padres want a guy like Seth Brown. But, you know, AC has been talking about the $25 million, or he mentioned that before the GM meetings, or maybe it was during the GM meetings that week, last week. Uh, He was talking about how the Padres want to spend around $25 million this year. They have that much room. Free agent, free agents wise, like if they're going to go just through free agency, they're going to spend more than $25 million, I would think. But if they, if they're if that's true, they really want to spend twenty five or less, then they're they're going to probably have to make trades for some small salary guys. L two says not surprised about Bradar. I think many of us saw it coming. I wonder why this front office hasn't asked any former players if they'd be interested. Couldn't hurt to ask. I'm sure they have. I mean, Greg Vaughn. I mean we don't know just because they played also that doesn't mean they're going to be good at being a coach i mean mark mcguire he was one of the best home run hitters or at least that's what he was known for right hitting home runs and he didn't coach for very long you know in one spot was with the dodgers was with the padres right it, it was short-lived and he wanted to spend time with his family you know so those guys that you name Vaughn, finley loretta like we don't know. Maybe they're just not interested. Maybe they want to spend more time with family. Uh, Finley and Loretta, I believe they work with the organization as like special advisors. So they probably provide input when asked about it. I'd assume, Now I don't know anything. I'd assume that Finley and Loretta and Vaughn, they, they don't want to be in the dugout coaching every day. Um, or maybe the Potters just aren't interested. We know that it's about, Taking the analytics and translating it to the players, giving that information to the players in a way that they can use that—not just telling them the numbers, because what does that do? Telling them, okay, what are these? What are these numbers saying? How can we um, adapt? How can we change our approach and improve these numbers? Like that's kind of what I think the hitting coach position, or what some position, most positions, it feels like, are about on a coaching staff nowadays because of how much numbers are involved, you know? So the former players thing, I'm sure they're asking former players. Ryan Flaherty was a former player. He played with the Orioles. He wasn't like this home run threat guy or anything. He was more of a utility guy, but he was a former player and, uh, he is probably taking over as the hitting coach. So I, um, I think that's a good point about the former players. But yeah, former players do hold coaching spots with the Padres. Bob Melvin was a former player. He's the manager. And other guys like Ruben Niebla, they've had decades of experience in baseball. Pony Correa says, we want Rizzo. Well, that's not going to happen. Just signed with the Yankees. Two years. What did I say? 30 or no, two years, 17 million a year six million dollar buyout so at minimum he's gonna get two years 40 million from the Yankees disappointing sure but there's still other options out there the Padres would have to give up two draft picks a million dollars in international bonus pool money um and they would have had to give him forty year forty million over two years at least and they probably didn't want to do that. Um would I have done that I I don't know. When it what if it's my money I don't know Uh, But it's not my money. So I can easily say they should have signed Rizzo. But I understand if I'm looking at it from the GM perspective, probably can be like, well, Brady's still out there. We're interested in him. Um, I think it was funny, by the way. Remember Jim Bowden a few days ago? Or was it last week? Whenever it was, he predicted, he like just put this out. Maybe it was yesterday. He predicted that Rizzo's going to go to the Padres for three years. The Padres would take him away from the Yankees. And a couple days later, whenever he wrote it, a couple days later, he signs with the Yankees for two years and a club option. So don't take those predictions too seriously. I do put them out there and I talk about it because it's fun to talk about different scenarios. I mean, Jim Bowden was a former GM. They... I don't say, I'm not saying that they know more than us Uh, about like specific situations, but they know how front offices operate more than probably we do because like Jim Bowden, he's been in it. Right. Um, I don't think there's anything else to cover here. Rizzo and Berdar were obviously the main topics here. So thank you so much for tuning in here. Uh, Episode 280 talking friars. Ben Fadden signing off. Have a great Tuesday night. San Diego State plays tonight against Stanford. That'll be fun. San Diego State ranks 17th. College football playoff rankings. And obviously more Padres content on the YouTube channel, on social media is coming. It's all 24-7 for me. You know that. So stay tuned. Thank you so much for tuning in and have a good one. See ya. Go Pods.